back. Football is finally on our televisions again. Welcome into the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, as usual, Travis Masterson. Man, how about that game? Just starting it off, just, oh my goodness. How could, could you ask for a better start to the NFL season? No. My goodness. No defense, just scoring, field goals being missed. <laughs> that was a hell of a night. Yeah, it had a little bit of a little bit of everything. There were fumbles, broken hearts. They were just all all of it. Just anything, man. Anything short of a butt fumble was in that game, and I'm I'm just yeah. It was a hell of a game, regardless of which side back. that you were rooting for. You got to respect the other one. They both showed up and showed out. Nobody crumbled under any kind of pressure. It was pretty awesome to see from a fantasy perspective. There were points everywhere. Except for in the backfields, yeah. Um, we'll get there later. We had a lot of uh, disappointing running backs in this game, right? But the receivers across the board, for the most part, except for Mike Evans, really, really got you off to a nice start. You love to see that, and uh, both quarterbacks obviously balled the hell out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, goodness, just the one. We've already covered how many weapons were in this game, but to see. I like you said. Other than Mike Evans, which we'll kind of talk about later, everyone was popping off. Like you, you know, the question was answered about Antonio Brown. You know, uh, the offensive line for Dallas didn't look too terrible. You know, I mean, there was some pressure, um, some some patterns that I saw during this game that I I want to I want to dive into right off the bat. Though, look, we saw a lot of passes in this game. Yeah. And one one that's great for watching on TV. That's a great for fantasy football. Zeke wasn't a huge factor in the passing game, but other than that, though, you, you saw touchdowns early and often, and Dak threw it nearly sixty times in this game. And I think that'll be one of his highest pass totals of the year for sure. You know, it seemed like that was the game script. That was the, pl- I mean, not the game script. That was the game plan. Right. For both sides was, we're gonna be a pass first all night long. We'll run to keep him honest. Sure. Um, Zeke couldn't find anything. Fournette really couldn't find anything. Ronald Jones, he was okay when he got it for the few times before the fumble. Everybody saw him on the bench looking like a shell of a man. Yeah. That was tough to watch, especially for the number one Ronald Jones fan in fantasy football and myself. Right. But yeah, both offensive lines looked really strong. Both quarterbacks looked really comfortable back there. That's good to see for all of these pass catchers that these O-lines are strong. Dak and Tom are going to be slinging it all year long with plenty of time. That's what you want. Yeah, Tom Brady looking like his old vintage self. Dad looks like he hasn't missed a beat. There was a couple times though, you know, maybe you can make the case that oh, it's early season, you know, he's not quite in mid-season form. A couple of miscommunications with the wide receiver. Uh, but look, you knew so, when they got the ball back, it yeah. was trouble. You, you give Tom Brady before a, that a minute and a half, and that's just that's too much time. Like, you know, you, you, you never had him, you never had your car. Just that was one of my favorite moments of the game of the broadcast. Was uh, Zerline made the field goal, yeah. they immediately pan the camera pans to Tom Brady, yeah, and he's just stone cold looking at them, like, all right, yeah, go ahead, kick it off. Yep. This is what Give I do. The ball back. But man, 
just such a good game. I I can't point to one thing that I would have changed really. Um, other than you know, like you said, no running back production really. Um, especially for some teams, Travis. Do you know of any teams that might have had Zeke and Rojo starting um, at all? I can think of one actually myself in a league with you. Huh. That huh. was pretty rough. I was excited about that combo. I knew I expected, and I said this in our last episode, this is going to be one of the more quiet games, if not the most quiet game from Zeke of the season based on Tampa's run defense last year and then returning everybody. I was hoping for 10 from Zeke, and he was a delayed pass by Dak on third or second down and a missed block by the tight end. I don't know if it was yeah, Jarwin. Jarwin. It was Jarwin. I think, yeah, so – had either of those happened and he walks in and one yard touchdown, I would oh, yeah. have been fine against that defense. That yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the question now is, um, so I, well, I just want to jump right into Rojo. Then, do you think this is a buy opportunity for Rojo after you see just how volatile that situation could be if someone does have a fumble? You know, let's get into that dynamic because. Leonard Fournette did not look efficient. You know, this guy, this isn't a yeah. guy that, okay, if Rojo goes down, Fournette's definitely going to pop off. He had all the opportunity in the second half pretty much and did very little with it. So is the door still open? And even though maybe for Rojo, people might be panicking. I think he's a great buy low. I think you're going to be able to get him for very cheap right now. Um, given that he gave a lot of owners negative points. If you're losing two points for a fumble, in most leagues, he gave you negative points. So that's going to rub people the wrong way right out of the gate. People overreact after week one and two anyway. So, yeah, throw throw an offer throw an offer at Ronald. Uh, see what sticks. I think he's going to – I mean, obviously it's not going to get worse than that. And we know the injury history of Leonard Fournette. Giovanni Bernard is not really going to do what Ronald does anyway. So go ahead and buy him and wait for it to turn around for him. It, it shouldn't take long. Dallas looked really strong. Um, Parsons looked awesome. I mean, not to take away from anybody else on that defense, but he looked great. Hard Knocks did a good job of highlighting him all preseason, and they were right on the right on the money with him. No, I agree. Uh, I, I definitely agree. Parsons looks great. I would try to buy low on Zeke too. Would you try to buy low on Zeke just Look, to see? If, if you're, if you shouldn't be in a Zeke owner if you're willing to panic right off the bat like that. Like if you if yeah. you lose Zeke after a game like this, you deserve to lose him. Um, but no, I'm not worried. Top run defense probably in the league this year. Vita Vey looked like a monster and a hobbled offensive line. Still did okay, but still, no, uh, I would not look. Send an offer. You know it can't hurt. Maybe it does get accepted, but I it, I'm not advising like oh man, this is the time to buy low. No, because it's one game. He still had a monster snap share. He's going to get much more opportunity. Uh, I would say hold on to Zeke if you're the owner. But, yeah, send an offer. Who knows? Maybe they are tilting a little bit after that performance. Maybe they had Ronald Jones, you know, and they're like, oh, man, I have to have a productive running back. You know, you never know. But for Ronald Jones. The overreaction of it being week one and the game being on national television as the primetime game, it makes people do funny yeah. things. It really does. Yeah. Uh, the – the game flow, but don't no, sell. Please, don't sell either don't one. Sell. Look, unless it's to me, uh, but then you can sell. Yeah, but for Rojo, exactly. 
uh, just to, to kind of finalize this point, send an offer out there. You know, there's some intriguing um, options at running back that we'll get into later, but also, you know, maybe they're intrigued by the Baltimore situation. Maybe maybe they're, they were already on the fence. They took Rojo, and they weren't super confident, and now this kind of pushes them over. Send an offer for him and see what you can get because I think brighter days are ahead for Rojo, even though he did look pretty broken after that fumble. Um, another guy, though, do you think okay. that we might be seeing a resurgence, a top dog, if you will, in this passing game in Antonio Brown? After what we saw from him and we talked about in our previous episode about how he was being talked up by Bruce Arians and maybe it was coach speak, but maybe it's actually true. He looked great in this game. Granted, it's it's probably soft defense. It's Dallas, but he was targeted. He had you know 100 plus yards. He had a touchdown for 47 yards. He looked just electric. So, look, I'm I'm glad I have him on some of my teams. This is a guy could be, you know, wide receiver one upside in different weeks. So, what do you think? Is there is this just a one-week wonder, or is it something you think that we could see consistently throughout the year? I think it's here to stay. Um, he was not the top dog. He did have the most yards, but he had seven targets. Godwin had 14 targets. If Godwin didn't fumble at the one, if he gets in the end zone, He's the right. top dog. I would still prefer Godwin to Antonio Brown for sure. But I think Antonio Brown versus Mike Evans is an interesting uh is an interesting look, if you will. Antonio was seven targets, Mike Evans was six. Mm-hmm. Mike only caught three of them. Most of them, I think we saw three or four balls that were tipped. That weren't really his fault. No, that's football. But but just explosiveness and trust that Tom Brady has shown with Antonio Brown in the in the limited action last year, yeah, into the playoff run, the Super Bowl, and to start off last night, I think Antonio Brown is not going anywhere, and I do have him in many leagues. I was I was very happy to get him in the seventh or eighth round when he was starting to climb. Right. I don't know that Mike Evans is a buy low though. He he kind of scares me because I I like the guys that are in between the 20s i'm not right. a guy that wants oh well he's a red zone threat he, he that's where you're going to get your points because like you say all the time touchdowns are a fickle stat they so are t- i'm shy on mike evans i don't have any shares i don't think i want any either. you know mike evans is always one of those guys where he you look back and you see his production but it never really feels that great because you might have those couple games where it's like, okay, he had three receptions, two receptions. But then, you know, he'll go four weeks in a row. People will forget about this. He'll go. He is a focal point of this offense. You know, you didn't see it last night because he wasn't there between the 20s guys. But when he was in the red zone or he was, well, heck, he was, he was targeted six times, like you said, um, in a game where, like you said, they've got other options. But there are going to be games when he will be the focal point. He will get to, you know, those 10, 11 uh, targets. Uh, they don't have a yeah. cornerback that can match up with him. And you know what? Those couple balls w- that we like to forget about Mike Evans, if he catches those balls, he's very difficult to catch it or to tackle in the open field. He's a very big, strong dude. So I don't worry about him. If you can get him on a buy low again, if you're freaking out over these guys, over Zeke, over uh, a- anyone else on these on these rosters that, oh, my goodness, after one week he, he, he didn't produce – you just maybe didn't understand what you were getting into when you had Mike Evans. He's going to have weeks that are down. He's going to have yeah. weeks where he gets those two touchdowns and he has 113 yards, and he is you know Tom Brady's go-to. 
So no. I think the problem with with Evans as a buy candidate is he was going right next to Amari Cooper. And if you watched the game last night, Amari Cooper is going to blow Mike Evans out of the water this year. I don't think that their I don't think their finishes are going to be close at all. It's like what we suggested during and again, uh, I don't like to victory lap, but it was it was sound advice when we suggested maybe don't take Mike Evans around that time. Maybe you do take them Amari Cooper. Maybe you do yeah. take um, you know someone else, and then you can get an Antonio Brown later who could put up weeks because when he is on the field, he is thrown to. Uh, um, you know, like yeah, it, it wasn't. I wouldn't call it a victory no. lap because we weren't starting the show saying go get Antonio right. Brown in the fifth. We were just saying if you're gonna take one of these guys. We like Godwin and we like Antonio Brown because of their, both of their right. prices. But speaking of guys that also get the ball when they're on the field, how about vintage Gronk showing up? Yeah, he looked great. Yeah, first of all, he's always been super physical, catches the ball in tough situations. He made a, tough, a couple of tough, great catches. But also the just skill and knowledge of football that he made on that quick uh, slide into the end zone that like uh, inside the five touchdown that he had. He identified the blitz. He and Brady can do that so in their sleep. so much chemistry between them. As soon as they saw it, they, they didn't even have to say a thing. That kind of camaraderie, that kind of chemistry that only comes by playing with each other for you know a decade plus. It's so special, so cool to see, which makes Gronk, to me, a weekly streaming option because he is a guy that can get you, you know at any given point on an offense, eight, you know, five to eight targets and a touchdown. That's what you want for a t- uh, for a tight end, and he feels good um, right now. You know, I mean, we, when you say streaming option, you're talking about guys like Kasiki, um, Evan Ingram, Jared Cook. I think he's better than those guys for sure. Absolutely. Not just as a football player, but I think his role. We had a couple questions because of the coach speak, like you said, with OJ Howard or Cameron Brait, or are they going to prevent running? Gronk into the ground all season long so that he's there for the Super Bowl run. There may came there may come a time in the season where that happens. It didn't look like it last night. It looked like he was in the best shape of his life. These guys are, are were fully ready to go. They're just having fun out there at this point. Um he, Brady knows him like the back of his hand right. out there. So yeah, I think I think Gronk is probably going to be a top six to eight tight end. As long as they keep using him and keeping him on the field, anything like they did last night, it's going to be a pretty scary sight. What about Dallas's receivers? Uh, you know what? Look special, especially, you know, unfortunately, Michael Gallup went down with an injury. You hate to see that. Cedric uh, Wilson kind of stepped in and played admirably. But how about the target share and the target volume for Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb? You know, 31 targets yeah. between them, both going over 100 yards and some touchdowns. We, look, we knew coming in that this this is has the opportunity and the capability for that passing offense to produce two top 10, top 12 wide receivers, and they kind of showcased why. it's so It was already so hard to cover Amari Cooper and design coverages for Amari Cooper, but now you add CeeDee Lamb, and he showed, yeah, he had some miscues. He dropped a couple balls, but the talent is undeniable, and like, talk about getting, getting vertical and quick and in a hurry cd lamb catches it short yeah and gets up field and look the dude the dude he the was dude gone felt, but he is he's a beast at breaking tackles and he's someone i'm intrigued this whole offense is intriguing especially if dak is going to keep up that volume 
it's just there's a lot of guys to keep an eye on in this offense, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, but there's all there are also a lot of other guys in the league that we are interested in looking at this week. There's a lot of storylines that we are, you know, lucky enough to see come to fruition on Sunday. What are what are a few of them that you're looking forward to finding a resolution on as we enter the first full week of fantasy football and NFL football in general? Uh, just as far as questions of what we're looking for this weekend, um, I've got a big three. Um, I think we could do a big three every week and just see what questions get answered. So for week one, for this weekend, I'm looking first at Denver. I want to know Melvin versus Javante. What's the touch count looking like? What's their role? Is Melvin getting most of first and second down? Is it a, a every other series rotation? Um, and then Judy versus Sutton. I think not like CD and Amari Cooper, obviously not at that level, but I think these guys could be a really nice duo with Teddy being as accurate as he is. They're not going to have as big of games because the volume's not going to be there, but is there a clear one of these two or is it kind of a 1A, 1B like Cooper and Lamb, just maybe a junior varsity level Cooper Lamb? <laughs> right. um, number two would be San Francisco, Mostert versus Sermon. This is actually wow. kind of a mirror of the, of the Denver questions. I want to know, is Raheem the guy? He seemed to be towards the end of the preseason. Everybody's so excited about Sermon. We saw a lot of leagues that you and I drafted where Sermon went first. And I just didn't understand that. I'm Team Mostert. I'm expecting him to have a huge weekend. And then part two of San Francisco is with all the pass catchers healthy right now, which we have not seen, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, we haven't seen them all there at the same time for very long. What is the pecking order? Is is Kittle gobbling up targets? Is there enough for Debo when both running backs yeah. are also healthy? I mean, have we forgotten about Debo? Like, was he? Are we right to have forgotten about him? Is he really just going to be this gadget guy, short line of scrimmage guy? I mean, I'm I'm probably paying attention to that one. It, it reminds me. I mean, I, not not necessarily of a, another situation that it reminds me of, but. There's such specialized roles in that offense. Obviously, having the the wide receiver one, technically, maybe in Brandon Ayuk, you have Kittle. That is also maybe the top option. But yeah. that Mostert Sermon, you know, not to touch on and to reiterate the points that you just made, but Sermon obviously a lot of hype, being as he's a newly drafted, new shiny toy that a run heavy offense or a run centric offense would you know pick. It, there's a lot of excitement there. So uh, it it's it's justified absolutely. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm curious to see what do they really want to do with Debo when everybody's healthy because all of our questions should be answered. Maybe not all, but we're going to have a pretty good idea of is he a safe wide receiver 3 or is he going to be reliant on somebody else going out. Yeah, the final point that I that I would like to know is is there anybody on Houston right. that is going to be playable? Could it be the late flyer that a lot of people took? on Philip Lindsay. Could it be Brandon Cooks, who has done it year after year after year? He's had great quarterback play. He's been very lucky to have Brady, Drew Brees, and Deshaun Watson. He's gotten it done everywhere, but he's also had elite quarterback play. So what can he do with Tyrod? Sure. I'm not really sure. I'm from Houston. I grew up a Texans fan, but it's gross right now. I, I don't have 
many Texan shares at all. If there was somebody I was going to go get, it would have been looking at Cooks, hopefully hoping that he gets traded. So we'll see what they do with him. I don't know. Not to spend too much time on it, but you you really kind of put any credence in the fact that you know maybe Brandon Cooks does get get traded. Um, it, is that? It seems like they're having a fire sale. I mean, everybody everybody's kind of agreeing with that. From what we're seeing on Twitter, it's like, yeah, every, you know, week after week, all, one of those guys could be shipped yeah, off for a pick all their or whatever. Guys are available. What will you give us? We're trying to rebuild. Yeah, I don't think he's right. a, you know the future piece for any team. He's definitely someone a contender might look into. For me, though, yeah. what I'm looking for for this year, for this week, I should say, I'm, I'm super intrigued by New Orleans. Who's going to catch the ball? We know there's Marquez Callaway. After that, tell me, name me someone that you know on that team. Like, Traquan Smith just went on IR. Do you know the next man up there? You know, for for me, and Deontay. Say, who's going to be kind of a, a sneaky you know, PPR wide receivers, you know, flex option for me. If you need it, like if you're in a deeper league, Deontay Johnson is someone you want to pick up because he's electric. Yeah. He's, he's, you can't play him yet. You can't play him yet. I mean, you can't, what Deontay? It depends on how deep the league is. Yeah. Who who else are they going to throw it to? I mean, there's no, they're, so they're facing Green Bay, and Jair Alexander is going to be on Marquez Callaway most likely. So probably not the week you want to start Marquez Callaway, but everyone else, look, J- Jabo wins is going to throw some passes there. He loves to he loves to chuck the ball. One, I don't have I'm I'm not going to obviously take the easy route and say, oh, Alvin Kamara is going to be the guy you want to play, but someone's got to catch passes. It could be Deontay as the pro- most likely. Was is it going to be little Jordan Humphrey? Like, look again in your deeper league. Would you start Deontay or Callaway? Uh probably. Oh man, start. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> Honestly, I'm having to start Callaway as a three in a league, and I'm not excited about excited. it. I'm just looking at the zero and thinking it's not going to. Yeah, move. I don't. Look, I have a tough time, especially if he's going to be fa- if they don't get creative. With Callaway, he's an undrafted guy going up against Jair Alexander. So, no, I if look if it's Deontay or Callaway, yeah, probably Callaway. But my if, other two options are Brian Edwards or Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell, I'd probably go there to be honest with you. Um, Over Callaway, yeah, because Brian Edwards is facing Baltimore, and Paris Campbell's facing a pretty Seattle cheese Seattle secondary, and with him and Michael Pittman. Um, that's someone to keep an eye on. Speaking of the Ravens, though, it's another team I want to keep an eye on. I want some answers from this weekend. What is happening what, there? Look, unfortunately, I, I don't know if... What are they doing? I don't know where their field was built or if it's on top of a burial ground or whatever. But <laughs> no, someone cursed It's the old team. San Francisco turf. The San Francisco yeah, gave them turf. Yeah, they've been hanging out in San Francisco too much. <laughs> look, I don't know what to make of this, this backfield. I... I'm of the mindset. I try, I try to think logically about this. You know, the only guy that they wanted on their roster this season and felt comfortable giving carries to, you know, unabated was was going to be Tyson Williams. You know, he he looked he looked solid. He reminds me of uh, like kind of a I don't know like a Damian Harris type. He's not like super like explosive, but he's consistent. He'll he'll fall forward and get you yards. You know. People forget that the Ravens are just going to give carries to their running back. Like, 
they don't care who's out there. They've made fantasy relevant guys out of out of you know second string, third string guys right off the street. So Tyson Williams yeah. is an intriguing pick. I don't care about Le'Veon Bell. I don't care about Devonta Freeman. Those guys were washed. You know, I don't care about Latavius Murray as much. He didn't look as great and was taken. He was give. Uh, he lost a job to Tony Jones. You know, Tony Jones looked great as well. Or, you know, looked decent. But so many injuries on the offense. I just want to see how it operates because you're relying on guys like Devin Duvernay is an intriguing prospect now for maybe a week. Sammy Watkins is there. Uh, you're probably going to see a lot of close to the line of scrimmage plays as you normally do in this offense. But boy, I what what, what is the identity if not running the ball for the Baltimore Ravens? I have to think that at least for one week, this could be a sell high opportunity for Tyson Williams. The one week where Latavius, Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman aren't included, aren't implemented into this offense, he could have a weak Raiders defense to himself for the most part this week. And maybe you do sell high. Maybe it does turn into, into a committee or committee. Uh, <laughs> you love the committee. The committees. Look, <laughs> even the committee is broken here. I'm just intrigued. There's going to be a lot of answers there. I'll be watching on Monday night. As for my yeah. last thing that I'm looking for, uh, someone I've been heavily invested in, Dynasty League, someone I believed in and who hasn't looked good in the last couple of years is Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes has weapons this year, and it's kind of make or break. Look, the offensive line, unfortunately, for whatever reason, was never rebuilt. It's just kind of that 1973 dart you left in your, your driveway and just kind of told yourself, I'll use it whenever we need to. But the dart. Yeah, it's. He broke out the dart. Broke out the dart. And one thing that I don't want it to turn into, especially with these weapons, this is supposed to be a coming back year for Saquon. Does it turn into just another lost year on a on a former number two overall pick that was supposed to Man, be? Man, I'm the, scared for them. Like people forget that we thought of Saquon on the same level we saw CMC. Like he was this. You draft yeah. him and you are most likely winning your league. Unfortunately, the Giants have just put together a crap show of talent around them. And look, I don't know what to make of it. He has weapons. I'm hoping to see it against a probably formidable Denver Broncos defense who has depth and talent at every level. It's going to be a, probably a, what about Kenny, Kenny G. I, I, I took Kenny at the, I think at the back of the eighth round of our final draft of the season mm-hmm. of the preseason. And I thought I was getting a great value. I didn't have him anywhere. I couldn't force myself to do it. And finally I'm like, look, he's healthy enough. They say he should be good to go. And, it's the eighth round for a wide receiver one. Why not take the shot? Is that shot going to pay off? Against this defense, look, my heart says no, okay? My brain says no. Uh, so it's probably not going to happen this week. It's a staunch defense. Look, are they going to have to throw it a bunch? Probably. The, the, I don't yeah. think the Giants defense gets enough credit. I think that they are they are a tough unit, probably the second-best defense in their division. You know, so I don't think it's necessarily going to be a cakewalk or a shootout, nonetheless. But there are going to be some deep shots to Kenny G. That's what they've been waiting for. Look, if they hit on him, sure. Am I okay with starting him as a wide receiver three? Yeah. You know, in a spot, you know, could he be a wide receiver two? Maybe. But against this defense, no. He is a wide receiver three flex for me. Um, Yep. It'll be interesting to see if 
if there's some value in Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, no, I don't think we'll see Evan Ingram. Yeah, Slayton. I've had Slayton in a few dynasty leagues. I don't think we'll see Ingram. No, I don't think Ingram. But yeah, what does Saquon look like? What does the O line look like? And is the potential going to be able to be reached, or is it going to be a struggle every are week? Are we going to so. see anything from Kadarius Tony too? All this. We late, probably we probably late will. Season, you'll manufacture touches. He didn't look super polished in college, so I don't know necessarily how that's going to translate to the NFL level. Not necessarily someone I'm looking to start. So let's roll right into our starts of the week then. We've waited long enough. Our first edition of starts of the week. We'll start at the quarterback position for week one. Who you got for us and tell us why Travis. I'm going with Jalen Hurts from the Eagles against the Atlanta Falcons. I think Jalen has a big week right out of the gate. I think this is as healthy as we've seen his weapons with Rager ready to go, Devontae Smith ready to go. Both tight ends are there. Miles Sanders is there. Boston Scott. They've got every, everything that they have on the team is healthy and ready to go. So if they were going to do it, if he's going to have a huge, huge game to start off the year versus Atlanta with everybody on his side, I can't imagine him having a bad game. I really can't. I think that he's going to outperform. He's projected 20 to 22 points pretty much across all platforms. I'm calling a 28 to 30 point game for Jalen Hurts. I like it. Okay. I like calling your shot there. For my guy, it's a revenge game. The narrative is there. The talent is there. The name Sam Darnold will be ringing throughout the fantasy community week one. As he takes on, take that, Adam Gase. Takes on <laughs> his former team, the New York Jets. Adam Gase is nowhere to be seen. You know, I'll be interested to see if there's a midfield conversation before the game between Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson, where Zach Wilson just kind of comes up to him and says, "It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault." <laughs> as they're just kind of a hug, you know. But Darnold and, and Robbie Anderson yeah. with the uh, with the with the revenge the, game. That's a, a revenge combo I there. I like it. I think we're going to see some deep shots. Look, my, I'm not going to mince words. I'm not going to bury the lead. CMC is a reason why I'm very excited for Sam Darnold. Not just this game, but all year long. He is He's a nice safety valve. He, if he stays healthy, look, that's a, that's a fourth receiver, essentially, that you get to play with who can also run the ball efficiently and effectively so was frank gore though i mean oh, get to be fair. out of here did you just bring <laughs> up frank gore on this podcast i think sam Darnold going from frank gore to christian mccaffrey behind him has got to be thinking Look, i know what that, have i, I been know that frank dealing gore with listening to this because when he started in the nfl all the only media available was the radio so i know that he's not <laughs> listening Going back to Sam Darnold. What a huge change. Can you imagine that change in your career? You look behind you and you're like, oh, my God, right? that's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. It's not Gore you know, anymore. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I can't imagine, like, being able to play with, like, other guys that have, like, caught the ball more than 10 times in their career, <laughs> not having to throw to Braxton Berrios. It's like, oh, this guy's explosive. Yeah, nice. but the, the weapons, the scenario – no, like, is the offensive line a, a monster unit? No, no, not by any means, but the talent is there. The coaching is probably much better. It can't get much worse. 
here he's someone who I feel like, especially in this game, how they're going to probably with ease be able to march up and down the field. I, look, three touchdowns is not out of the question for Christian or uh, for Sam Darnold. They're going to find ways to to get into the end zone. He has chemistry with these guys. I expect a big week out of Sam Darnold. And you know what? Explosive plays, you're probably going to see him as they take some shots downfield to Robbie Anderson. And yeah, no doubt. Exactly. So with my uh, that's my quarterback start of the week. Let's roll on to the running backs right now. There's a couple guys we've got down who I've we've mentioned already on this show. Um, I'll start off with yeah, both I'll start of them. Off with mine, um, since we've already kind of touched on him, Tyson Williams with the you know uh, Baltimore Ravens facing a very questionable uh, Las Vegas Raiders defense and probably going to be the only acclimated running back this week for Baltimore. I'm look 15 carries for a guy. That's a solid start who wasn't expected to have much who you probably could have gotten on waivers. Um, you know, I think 15 is a pretty, a pretty safe a, it, number. They don't have, like, they don't have look, options. The offensive line there is great. Okay. And having Lamar Jackson as your quarterback opens up so many running lanes and against a porous defense, who probably can't take advantage of the fact that you don't have many other weapons on your team already. I'm all for it. If there's a game that Tyson Williams is going to be able to succeed, find some success in the red zone, maybe they have some uh, some success moving the ball down the field and they can kind of kill some clock as well. Tyson Williams is someone who's very intriguing to me. Look, he's been the buzz of the league for the last couple of days, unfortunately, with the just tragedy that has been the Baltimore running backs room. Um, and also, it's been sad. It's really been sad. I, I was losing Marcus sad Peters. for Dobbins and I was sad for Dobbins initially Yeah, getting ready for his breakout year to have a full season third round pick for fantasy leagues. And then yeah. when he went down, it's like, okay, it sucks. But Gus. another guy that we all like Gus is going to get a shot to show that, you know, he's worth some money and he started to go in the fourth round. I, we saw him yeah. in a third round in a couple of our Just leagues. Unbelievable. And and then yeah, then he doesn't get his shot. So Tyson Williams, Tyson Williams, someone of attrition, man, could be a sell high, could be a hold. We'll see against the Raiders. Um, someone who's not so unfamiliar with with injury risk, Travis, is your pick for the week at running back. While he's healthy, I agree with. I think it's Matthew Barry that says Raheem must start. Yeah, especially against a Lions team that nobody's expecting to be any good. I think Mostert right now, until Sermon gets more comfortable, until he establishes himself a little bit more, it's just them two anyway with Jeff Wilson still out. I think Mostert healthy is going to be explosive. Show with a play with a, a even more of a chip on his shoulder now after drafting an early running back. I think he's gonna to fight for his job. So I think Mostert, I'm going with, I said 80 to 100 for Rojo. That didn't work out. <laughs> so I'm going to take another shot. 80 to 100 in a score for Raheem. I think he outproduces his 10 to 12 projected and finishes with, I'll say, oh, more than 15 to 16 points. Okay. I like it. Against a, uh, probably a reeling and trying to find their identity, Detroit Lions defense that's definitely bunch of kneecaps yeah. out there though 
with Dan Campbell, you never know. So that that's yeah. look, that's a solid pick. Solid pick. I like it. We've we've talked on Raheem a lot. The talent's undeniable and the dude gets fast quick. You, Let me ask you a question while we talk about Mostert. Sure. Is it um unconsciously do you do you like I have Mostert in a flex spot in a league that I had Ronald Jones last night. I'm already down. Right. Do you think subconsciously you're like, oh yeah, Mostert, I'm gonna pick him for my pick of the pick of the week because I think he could go for twenty, thinking, oh, that's what I kinda need from him? Or is is does that ever affect you when you when you give somebody projections or advice like, Oh, I have him, so I want him to do um, well. Yeah, he'll do well. I think it's more likely that I give someone like all right, so you just brought up an interesting scenario where you've got two running backs on your team that already underperformed. I think that's more yeah. likely to affect my advice depending on when I have to give it. So if I have to give someone advice, like, and I know I, I, you have Zeke and Rojo, they kind of let you down. Yeah, swing for the fences with a pick like right. Mostert. Um, if I have someone like Roster or Mostert on my team and I'm having to tell someone, yeah, I probably already have confidence in him, so it might affect me there, and I want him to do well. Right, you drafted yeah. him, so you're like, yeah, he's going to do well. Heck of, yeah, I wouldn't have picked him if yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, gives me a little bit more credibility. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But – Jesus, just take your All shot, All right, receivers, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's jump into our wide receivers. Do you want to go first? Yeah, we took a little uh, different strategy. Uh, you went with somebody a little bit not as star-studded. I went with Justin Jefferson. Obviously, you're starting Justin Jefferson. That is not a question. But I think that he will have a top three or four week at the position. I think you're going to get into first round, second uh, beginning of second round receiver value like a Ridley or Diggs this week. I think he's going to go for over a hundred chance at, at two scores for sure. One score. I think he's going to eat Cincinnati alive and it, it's going to be a, a nice shootout, but I think Minnesota controls that game. Justin Jefferson and Thielen both get theirs. We already talked. I had a little side note about, taking a shot on Robbie Anderson. If you're playing uh, daily, I think Robbie and Darnold connect on a deep one against their old team. But Jeff Justin Jefferson, obviously you're playing him. He's going to go absolutely crazy this weekend. I like that. I like that. Gives a, a little bit more confidence to a guy that you're already going to have at your top of, the, top of your lineup, but you can kind of count on a bigger game than you might see otherwise. So I completely agree. I'm right there with you. I'm a big fan. My pick for this week is Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts facing a weak secondary in Seattle, and he's likely the number one offense on or the number one wide receiver on a productive offense. Um, look, he's with Carson Wentz, who does like to target his number one wide receiver. This is a guy that during his first year on the team, Alshon Jeffrey was made into a very uh, fantasy relevant wide receiver and someone who kind of fits a little bit more of an explosive version of Alshon, same body type. Uh, Michael Pittman, I'm there's a lot of questions that Michael Pittman has to answer, and I think having a soft matchup against a Seattle defense and having other weapons on that team are it's going to create an environment for Michael Pittman that honestly is going to lend itself to success. The only thing that I, I see going wrong here is that, like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that there's a there's no chance that Zach Pascal vultures those red zone touchdowns for whatever yeah. reason they like to, you know, scheme him open. And Mo Alley. 
oh goodness, those names that you can't start on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, are, are this still, team is notorious know, for doing that. Yeah, they're Trey just Burden, score at all costs. Jack Doyle. Pittman, look, if you have, you're probably not starting him as your wide receiver two even, but as a wide receiver three option who has that wide receiver two. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that he can't get to wide receiver one this year or this this week. Um, the potential is, is there. This the ceiling is there. He's been one of your guys all offseason, so I like that you're kind of like Mostert with me. You're taking a shot on one of your, your guys that you've been hyping all offseason. I have to. I have to, especially versus the Seattle defense. He's probably going to see 10 targets. He's probably going to get you you know, 70 to 80 yards and a touchdown. I think that's, that's a solid uh, bet, especially when it's week one and defenses are still trying to figure themselves out. Yep. Um, much like the tight end that I'm kind of feeling this this week as we kind of transition into the final position that we're breaking down for the our tight start. end start of the week tight end start of the week this is where we have a knack for, for finishing with tight ends you know I'm starting to come <laughs> around to it because the it's value kind of a tradition can, now yeah we finished with the tight end because yeah why not why not the the tight end position is already a barren wasteland um, uh, which honestly, if we're being honest with our listeners, you're, you're streaming the position, you know, most often, more often than not, if you don't have one of the top three, four at least look, if you're in a 12 team league, half the league is, does not have a top tight end. Okay. So you're already looking for someone who has an advantage. Look, what you look for in the tight end position is opportunity and volume. If you don't have volume, look, you know, you look for who is the guy that is most likely to get the targets. And I just brought up earlier in the show a team in the New Orleans Saints who has a void at that number two receiving option. I don't say wide receiver. I say receiving option because, look, you have Marcus Callaway and really no one else. So one thing that hasn't been mentioned a bunch, and look, maybe he doesn't get a ton of playing time, but either one of Jawan Johnson or Adam Troutman are going to see targets. Keep an eye out, you know, if there if there's no injury news and Adam Troutman is a full go for this game, I'm probably starting him because they are going to keep him in on the field. He's a very talented blocker. He dodged serious injury. Um, like I said, Traquan Smith on the IR. Juwan Johnson has already shown some some uh, blips of talent during the yeah. preseason. Like I, I like said, that call. I think both of them, between the two of them, one or two are going to outperform where they're projected, for sure. I think I think they'll be able to move the ball. If anything, I, an uptick in the target volume that they would normally see in this offense is probably warranted. So Adam Troutman, uh, if he's not playing, Jawan Johnson will be my pick. Um, but Adam Troutman for me. I like it. My tight end start of the week is going to be Logan Thomas of the Washington football team. Um, with Curtis Samuel being placed on the short-term IR today, I think Thomas is going to be the number two there for a little while. And he's going to be a safety blanket for Fitz against a Chargers defense who is strong and healthy. You've got Bosa coming around the edge. It's not going to – I think Fitz is going to be under pressure pretty much for most of the game. The Chargers defense comes at you from a lot of different ways. I don't want any part of – Terry with Chris Harris on him, Derwin James shading over to him. That is a scary combo 
for Terry right out of the gate. Much like you don't want any of Terry, huh? I, I, I mean, you have to start him, but yeah. it, as far as taking a shot on on one of those third round receivers having a, a huge week, he's not going to have a huge week with Derwin James okay, and Chris so Harris. Terry they're McLaurin gonna, or it's going to be tough. That's what I was getting to. I think much like Allen Robinson, if you have another option, it's a bold take to sit either of those guys, but I would consider it. I think Terry's going to have a tough day. I think Terry outperforms Allen Robinson. The Jalen the Ramsey effect is real. We posted a stat on Twitter that I found, um, and Jalen Ramsey flat out takes the number one receiver out of the game, whether it's DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper. He did it to all of them last year. It was it got ugly. You knew it was coming. You played him anyway because you want to play your studs. But I just can't get excited. Like in that league where I'm already down by, by 25 or 30, I played against Cooper. I'm taking Allen Robinson out, and I'm going with Corey Davis. And I could be wrong, but I need an upside play. And Allen Robinson is not going to have a huge game. He might be okay, but he will not have a huge game on Ramsey. Whereas... Corey Davis could give you a hundred and score. Allen Robinson's not doing that. So Logan Thomas is your tight end pick. So let me let me ask you this then: um, Are you playing Allen Robinson or Corey Davis? Corey Davis. Are you playing Allen Robinson or Brandon Cooks? Oh man, probably Brandon Cooks. I've got Allen Robinson really struggling. The numbers are wow. there. They, they do not lie. Jalen Ramsey will shut you down. Okay. Uh, final one. Um, Allen Robinson or Deontay Johnson uh, possibly being shadowed by Tredavious White? Deontay Johnson, for sure. Okay. They, they will move All Deontay right. around plenty to let Claypool and, and Juju get lined up against Tredavious White some. I think... They, they use Deontay in a lot of different ways. Allen Robinson is going to be shadowed all night long. Okay. I don't think you can sit Terry because there's not Jalen Ramsey on the other side, but with Derwin James and Chris Harris, I, I hope that you're limiting your expectations of a big day from Terry. And I think that what that leads to is going to be Logan Thomas. Prob- I think Logan Thomas has the potential for 10-plus catches in this game. Wow, that's yeah. that's a big statement. I think he's going to be incredibly involved and it's going to be he and Adam Humphreys bailing out Fitzpatrick a lot. You're not going to see Terry doing Terry things. Logan Thomas is going to benefit. Wow. Bold okay. call. So Bold guess, call to finish I, that. I guess we'll have to we'll have to see Logan Thomas will have to have a big game. Uh, Allen Robinson uh, remains to be seen can he break free of the clutches of Jalen Ramsey this week. Some bold statements. I like it. That's going to do it, though, for this week's episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks for listening in, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks. Happy week one, everybody. Good luck. Good luck.